Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, whichever moment you find yourself in, and welcome to episode 5 of the 5QI Podcast. I am your host, Canon Carlos, also known as Culture Clap on the interwebs, and in this conversation, y'all, I gotta be honest, I'm a bit of a fanboy here, because I have been a fan of this man's music for a number of years. Mr. Da Vinci. So if you don't know, well, I personally am very thankful to be able to provide you an introduction. Entonces, vámonos. Thank you so very much for joining me here today. If you would do me the kind service of, of alleviating my ignorance and obliviousness, who are you? My name is Da Vinci, and I'm a music producer, a creative wellness advocate, martial artist, uh, father, husband, many things. I am my behavior, and that changes from day to day. <laughs> oh boy, that's a little golden nugget right there. I, that, that's what I love about asking that question the first um, uh, the first. Uh, as the first question, because once again, I mean, everybody... It's a loaded question. It's a totally loaded question. But you give <laughs> people the ability to answer it in their own way, and you hear so many really cool responses, because I don't think too often we are given an opportunity to say, hmm, or even to think about, wait, who am I outside of everything that's been piled on my identity externally? You know, we're, we're so... We're so busy enacting maybe what's expected of us that, that we haven't taken the time. But, but let's, let's move on here. Uh, an obstacle or a problem that you have been engaged with trying to resolve, solve, uh, is, is there one specific you'd care to bring to the table today? Well, since you prefaced that with the wellness reference, uh, it does make me think of a problem I encountered maybe, I don't know, eight or nine years ago or something, I, I got to this place where, you know, who was I was kind of in question. What was my, if I was my behavior and, and my, um, my behavior was, was music for so many years and a pursuit of a particular endeavor within the music genre or just creative genre period. Um, I feel like I got to a point where, I was a bit confused as to how I wanted to present what I was doing. And the reason that was, was because I felt like I got to a point where I felt like an author in a world where people didn't read or couldn't read. And part of that has to do with, I was involved. I'm, I'm involved in music, but a big part of why I'm involved in music is because I'm very interested in, in breaking open and showing the cross-section of process to people. And when you're creating music and selling it, when you're touring, all those things, it's, it's a way to do that, but it might not be the best way to do that. And I feel like a lot of the times my presentation of prog, my presentation of process was getting lost in the product or how it was being presented. And, that is the art that I feel that I'm most involved in is showing process and process of what 
a process of self-betterment, a process of refinement in one's craft as well as their person. And I think at some point when I started to feel that way, it started to make me feel like, okay, this is great. I'm connecting with people on a large scale. I'm working with some of my favorite artists. I, I was Lauren Hill, Miss Lauren Hill's band leader and uh, going all around the world, touring and, and performing and all that. And that's great. But I still felt like what I really wanted to show might have been lost just in the in the translation from me to an audience. I felt like I was pursuing an art form that wasn't necessarily clear to everyone through an art form that was very clear to everyone. So my pursuit of pers my pursuit of showing process to people got kind of swallowed up in uh seemingly pursuit to share music with people and i wanted to share so much more with than that so at that point you 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 ask yourself if if you're an author in a world where people can't read do you um do you get better at writing <laughs> or do you start teaching literacy and it was around then where i i really thought well i want to do both i want to get really good at writing and so comprehensive that if you start to learn how to read, you get it in a very short amount of time and also uh, teach. And that's around when I, I started Studio Sensei. And that's when I uh, realized that helping people to th it, helping people in literacy in themselves is actually this actually led me to understand that it wasn't even just about reading process, but actually the process of reading your own voice, your own intuitive voice. And that's when I started to really train intuitive literacy. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, because I have to admit, I, I have been a fan of your music for, I mean, I look at the clock now and I realize it's been more than a decade. Yikes. Um, and, and in that a comprehensive clock you have, uh, well, I'm telling you exactly. I can't even see it, <laughs> but I do wonder where, or, or what was the impetus or, or this desire? Because, um, the, the music that, that you all created there, there was, there was intricacy and there was complexity there. And yet you're talking about process and that is what you were trying to convey. And I'm wondering where the impetus or where, where that desire may be originated, if I may. Um, that desire originated in pretty much, you know, all of us in Soliloquist of Sound, which is my group, uh, that, that I, I mainly got my big start with. Um, and we lived together for 17 years too, uh, worth mentioning. Um, but I think the, the impetus of that desire was within all of us. We all had a desire to, you know, share more than just music because that's what inspired us at first. I mean, for me, I'll speak for myself. I wanted to be an inventor before uh, I was into music. And before that I was, a, I was a martial artist and still am. 
and it's the the picking apart of movement and how to refine your movement and things like that that really stuck with me and i think bled into all the other areas of study in my life mm-hmm. music being one of them for sure and i just really i always had a desire to learn refine and then make a map of where i've been you know I so i think that's where it started and making music was a good way to do that for a time and it still is but not alone like not making music alone like i'm, I'm really interested in okay this is why i make music though <laughs> you know and this is this is the the messages that inform me to make music in the way that i'm making it well, and, and now uh, it, you you would mention uh, because my next question is you know now now that we've kind of identified this 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 quandary shall we say and you brought up the word intuitive literacy yeah and that seems like something that has been your methodology shall we say to confront this quandary how has that worked how would that get developed what is that intuitive literacy please so. With Studio Sensei, which is my creative wellness platform, I teach something called the sustainable practice method. And that's heavily informed by my life as a martial artist and a creator and everything in between doing a lot of study in how to self-refine. And a lot of that work was fine-tuned in the extremely hot incubator <laughs> that was soliloquous of sound and us living together for 17 years and communicating with each other in an ideal manner. Now, when I say in an ideal manner, I'm saying very direct, very honest and relentlessly. Uh, it wasn't necessarily always fun. It wasn't always nice. You know, it was intense at points. You know, we've had crazy arguments, but we always argued in a way where it's like we understood we were trying to break something that was separating us, not break each other. And through all of that work and all that practice, a lot of different skills got to be developed and understanding how to interpret what our intuition's telling us is one of the main skills. And with the sustainable practice method, like, the, the nucleus of, of this framework is that your intuition is the most trustworthy voice on this planet you could follow. And because that's true, it, you stand to benefit most from reading, learning how to read your intuition as accurately as possible and interpreting it as accurately as possible. So that's why I mentioned intuitive literacy. I'm not sure if this is a term I coined or if it existed before, but I know that I just started saying it because it made sense to me. And basically what it, what it means is it's that your ability in a nutshell to be able to read and interpret your intuitions uh, wants or your intuitive voice, what it's saying to you as accurately as possible. And that's broken up into hearing it. First of all, discerning it from the rest of the noise happening internally and externally, as well as, then interpreting it into action as accurately as possible. We've used some so, some words like it, and and I, I want to, to be so daring and bold. And and again, another loaded question. But what is intuition? 
as as we're using it in this context here. If you could proffer your thoughts on that. There's so many ways people have tried to define what intuition is, right? They say, listen to your heart. I, I believe your intuition is what people are approximating when they uh, talk about how, when your heart speaks. I think that's the voice that it speaks through is your intuitive voice. Your intuition is your internal compass. Your intuition is your connection with the divine if you believe in such a thing. And if you don't believe in such a thing, it's your connection with yourself, right? It's the, the part of you that knows best and is never wrong. And that part exists. It's the part of you that nudges you in particular directions and always leads you in the right way. But we may not always interpret its nudge as accurately as we could be if we practiced it, if we practiced listening to our intuition. So our intuitive voice is really just the trustworthy guide in us that's always nudging us in the correct direction. I had to chuckle there in the beginning because, I mean, just just the simple words of listen to your heart immediately triggered in my head the song. Listen to your heart. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> because I just, I yeah, exactly. You know, I got, I got choruses in my head. Um, but, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> But it, it, you know, as, as, as much as we, we may, you know, joke and laugh about it, I think that there is, you know, there, and, and it is whether, you know, you, whether you want to believe in something divine or not, you know, well, I, ooh, see, cause this is the thing. I, I remember, you know, on, on, on that bastion of knowledge called Twitter. I remember somebody saying that not everybody has an internal monologue it's per true. se. It's In, true. And 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 so but 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 then again, I mean, but yet again, you know, uh do we, you know, do we conflate having an internal monologue into having a vocal intuition or or I think that I mean, yeah, another, you know, it's it's that gut feeling and and yeah, it is that's also- another way to say it. I mean, I say inter- intuitive voice often, but that's why I also mention nudge, right? Like it's a nudge as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can feel what's right without actually hearing it, right? Uh, but yeah, you make a good point that so I so I've heard. Not everyone has an internal monologue. I have one. <laughs> and it's pretty loud. <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> There's a committee, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Many committees all speaking about different things simultaneously in different languages. <laughs> exactly. So you have to build walls. So that it's an impromptu to- UN. <laughs> something that like, no one's... <laughs> Everyone's confused, and they're all happy. Like, why are we here? United neuroses, if you will. <laughs> Maybe. Thank you so very much for listening. If you'd like to support this podcast, 
and learn about other projects I'm pursuing, I encourage you to become a patron at patreon.com slash cultureclap. Members get first access to applications I'm building, sneak peeks and exclusive leaks of music I'm recording, as well as the satisfaction of helping a brown orphan, helping you to build that better world we all know is possible through communication and unity. Though without any further ado, let us return to the conversation at hand with peace and power, gratitude and humility. Vamanos. Oh, okay. And I, I love how you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, a part of, uh, of coming to this place, a formative aspect was, was living with three other people for 17 years through very intense creative processes. And, and it is one of those things, you know, I had mentioned before, an impetus for these questions was, you know, humans are problem solvers, whether they want to be or not. Regardless, though, for yourself, how do you find reprieve from, from some of that, dare we say, duty? Or how do you find ways to refuel for yourself? It it changes from time to time. Like I might be in a season of, of meditation does it for me. Uh, I might be in a season where watching an incredibly dumb TV show does it for me. I might be in a season where like just laying on the couch does it for me or working more, but like on something different. It, that's the thing about being guided by your intuitive voice it's about learning your wants at any given time and how to check in with yourself and be able to answer the, the check-in question with, with what you want, right? The, the, the way that you check in with yourself, you say, now that I'm here, what do I want now, right? And doing that enough to understand the whole of your wants and how your wants scale, like not, not just giving into particular behavior that might service a particular right now need but damage or impede some of your more long-term needs or wants and uh it, it really it really just depends i i find myself getting close to burnout more from a place of excitement than i do a place of feeling behind these days um more so now than ever i still i still deal with some old reflexes of feeling behind but i more often than not am especially lately am really excited to be working on what i'm working on to be pursuing the things that i'm pursuing and so excited in fact that i'm i i almost feel eternally fueled until I just realize I've been going way too long without enough rest and that fuel wasn't necessarily a sustainable one, right? So the sensitivity to being 
the sensitivity to understanding your limits when you're pushing too hard and and you start to encounter like a a negative drawback right or a negative feeling that's what that's one to develop but then there's also the sensitivity of when you're going too hard because you're really excited and that one's that one's like more elusive than the former you know it's uh it's something that still gets me like i'll be like bang 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 go 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 and then all of a sudden like i will not want to do anything and then like it'll it'll pain me to push at all to even and i'll just be like okay maybe i was going way too way too hard for way too long and and i think that there is there there's a definite pragmatism in in saying all right i'm going to meditate to go within because there's there's the need for that but also i'm going to watch something that allows me to just escape my thoughts as well you know and and sure. to go out and to just get reprieve from that by watching or maybe something. not even to escape my thoughts but to activate some um thoughts that are more on the precipice of where i'm usually thinking you know so I, I think like yes. yeah yeah because just to escape the one room that I'm spending a lot of time in, in, in my mind, go to a different one. There's a lot of areas in there, you know, um, mm -hmm. I, I want to exercise all the muscles and, and, uh, not let one atrophy over the other. Cause again, like I feel that all of these muscles are here for a reason. It's a cumulative job, uh, and strength is a cumulative trait. So the more things work together, the heavier things you can lift. There you go really wonderful conversation and 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 i to, to preface the next question uh, i do not have a college degree i really don't have much formal training in anything except for being an anti-authoritarian jackass um for yourself they don't give though, out degrees for that <laughs> only when you still die. looking huh <laughs> still asking Hey, I quit begging a long time ago. you notarize this? I already printed it out. Just stamp it. <laughs> Sir, this is the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got dreams. I got dreams. Yeah. One foot in front of the other. Sometimes I'm a little alive. delusional. <laughs> Listen to your heart. Okay, I'm going to have to get the rights to put that song on here. They can take some royalties from this. <laughs> um, for yourself, though. You uh, said you had no formal training. No, but for, for yourself. Um, <clears throat> primary skill sets from which... Um, it, from, from, from which your, your garden continues to blossom... Uh, ha have you had any or? It's an interesting question. Cause I mean, even when you say you've had no formal training and you say, you know, uh, I, I, I think I'm quoting you, if I remember anti-authoritarian jackass. Yes. Right? Yes. Anti-authoritarian jackassery. But even that, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's some credence to that because I mean, there, I, I, I believe that everything is a skill, every single thing. Sadness is a skill. Happiness is a skill. Playing basketball is a skill. Lifting weights, gaining weight, losing weight. All these things are skill, right? And because I believe that everything is a skill, I also believe that all time spent doing anything, even if it's nothing, is practicing something. 
And training is just that, is practice. It's time spent doing something. So we spend our whole lives practicing so many skill sets. I know there's uh, definitely some value in, in an academic practice and getting a particular degree in certain things. But that's not the end-all, be-all, the final say in what you're skilled in or not. So uh, having said that, I never finished second grade. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We are definitely going to put a long, awkward pause in after that one on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I... I, uh, (laughs) Every once in a while, I'll be speaking and, and like a little... A little joke raises its hand in my head and says, me? Is it my turn yet? (laughs) You have no idea how many times I say, no, put your hand down. (laughs) Every once in a while, I just let one go ahead. (laughs) All right, fine. But uh, everything up until that point, I I did mean, (laughs) um, I, I do think that there's things that we study our whole lives that we could be more skilled in even if by the sheer amount of hours we've put in to a thing versus what we might have academically learned. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, I obviously spent a lot of time in the music creative world and I have some, I, I went to a school for audio engineering and things like that. I don't have any formal music training though. And I still found myself to be like a band leader of, a band that was composed of nothing but living legends and still being able to speak the language with, with them. So it's, it's, it can go so many different ways. I don't think just because you don't have a degree in a particular thing um, doesn't take away it, it, that doesn't take away from anything at the same time. I'm not going to let you operate on me. (laughs) Right. Um, for me, though, my training uh, started before I could walk or talk, and that started with martial arts. My dad started teaching. My dad's an incredible martial artist, and he started teaching me before before I learned anything else. So that became the main framework of learning that set the pace and became the reference point for all my other teachings or, or things that I learned the rest of my life. All right. I'm sorry. I got to just, I, I got a Rolling Stone on out on this here a little bit. What kind of music were you listening that, that has, 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 that influenced you at the time and, and during these formative years really? <clears throat> I was pushed your sound. I was really turned off by traditional music, things where I could reverse engineer or even see what was being played, you know? Uh, I remember my earliest memories of music, seeing like hair bands and in the hair metal and stuff in the 80s or late 80s, early 90s um, and being like, nah, I'm not interested in that. But when I started hearing hip hop and I was like, what a what is this sound like when my ears couldn't connect to any one particular instrument and I would listen in the headphones? That's that's what really got my imaginative juices flowing 
And because I wanted to be inventor prior to that, I, uh, that really turned me on. Like the idea that I was hearing sounds that I didn't know how they were made. And I wanted to, to, to explore that just like I was interested in magic when I was younger, you know, like, wow, how did they do that? How is that thing floating right now? I'm fascinated. And that's how I felt about hip hop. And that's why that over the years has been my, you know, my home, my main genre of music. But um, I've also was influenced enough by the culture of hip hop, as well as the dynamics and, and the process of hip hop itself to be influenced to explore and invent as well. That's how hip hop was born to me in, through my eyes. And I mean, in actuality, really. And uh, because of that, I, I, I at some point ventured outside of hip hop because it taught me how to. It introduced me to so many other genres, all the genres that it sampled and all the free genres that it took blueprints from as well, like jazz. So um, when I think of music, I think of it a, as a fantastic way to express freedom and to explore freedom. And when I'm performing music, anyone that's seen me do that, you can see that I'm being completely free or at least trying to be when I perform. The, what sound is coming out isn't even of great importance so much as it is that I'm completely losing myself while I do it, while I'm making whatever sound I'm making. So that's really, at some point I realized, okay, that this is the real point of this. I was introduced to this and naturally I wanted to make what I heard, but at some point I wanted to feel the same things that influenced the people uh, that made the stuff I wanted to hear, right? Yeah. So it was more about how do I replicate this dynamic as opposed to how do I replicate this song? Or this sound and yeah super cool super cool <clears throat> and i guess now in um you know to, to 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 wrap back around to something else we were talking about which was skill building and mm -hmm. and whatnot looking towards the year ahead uh skills that you are focusing on building you know i mean growing and building being this never-ending process for yourself what what, what yeah i'm really interested in some of the skills that i've neglected over the past however many years i'm really interested in some of the things that my particular business bottlenecks at which is like uh the marketing side of things and the branding side of things and the sales side of things these are things that I used to kind of be involved in. Actually, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day because somebody asked me something about uh, selling, like selling something. And we were talking about how valuable like door-to-door -door sales was. And I was like, oh yeah, I did door-to-door -door sales. And I was like, wait, but I also have done like telephone sales and i've also done car sales and i've also done um like a patreon or not a patreon but um, 
a Kickstarter before Kickstarter existed. Like the way I funded my first album was I went around with a clipboard in high school or junior high and, and asked everybody who wanted to see my album, uh, come out if they'd pay me before I got it manufactured so I could get it manufactured. And I did. And before that I was selling mixtapes. And before that I was selling, uh, drawings that my friend and I did in elementary school. And before that, I was selling and around the same time I was selling, you know, I, I invented uh, a form of origami where I could make a paper tie <laughs> and we'd make designs and have marketing meetings in the library when I was in fourth or fifth grade. <laughs> I remember telling one of my friends, she, she raised her hand. She's like, I have a, a design for a hat um, that has a pinwheel on it. I was like, how many pieces of paper does it use? She says, four or five. And I was like, no, that's too many pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of reconnecting with this aspect of things, the, the, the business side really of, 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 of heart endeavor, creative endeavor businesses. I'm finally at a place in my life where I understand how those things can service each other, where it doesn't have to be a tug of war between the heart and be, between like a pocketbook, you know, or, or a wallet, right? I don't carry a pocketbook. Why do you say pocketbook? It's like my grandma. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm very interested in the things that complete the value circle because I have a, I have a lot that I'm very interested in, in sharing with people and, and sharing, like, like I said, sharing with people, them being able to share back with me and me being able to share with them. And there's a lot of things that, separate the our ability to do that and they're just bordered by simple rules of marketing and business and and certain strategies mm -hmm. and i finally understand that those things don't have to be a, a a gross thing or impede like a like a pure message they can actually service it so i'm very interested in in building those skill sets and uh building up those muscles that might have atrophied while i've gone on my lifelong creative endeavors Da Vinci, uh, Studio Sensei, what do you have coming on up in the next month, two months that people should be looking out for or, or, or anything else that, uh, where, where can people find you on the internet and, and, and what you got, what you got coming on up that people should have on their radar, if I may. Well, probably my most service social media account is my Instagram and that's at Da Vinci, D-I-V-I-N-C-I. I also have at Studio Sensei. StudioSensei.com is uh, the main hub for for all of my current endeavors outside of music and some that overlap into music as well. I'm currently working on a book, an app, a course. The course is called Creative Warrior. It will be launching soon uh, in a month or so. And it's all of the things that help you to get out of your way and create every day addresses all of those things. And it's also a creative challenge to get you to create every day in a sustainable way, one where you're not forcing yourself. That's on the horizon. Uh, yeah. Tons of things in the works. I'm releasing a, a new song every week this year. And if you go to girls after knives, it's all one word girls after knives. Uh, it's the artist I'm working with to produce 52 songs with him this year, as well as a few albums I've released already and on the horizon. 
have a lot of things. <laughs> I have a, a really cool remix coming out. All these things you, you'd be able to find if you just go to my Instagram at DaVinci or at Studio Sensei, uh, my website, studiosensei.com. And I also have a discord group called the Studio Sensei Dojo, where it's basically the inner circle of being able to be in the loop of all the different things in a really cool creative community. And you can find that at studiosensei.com slash dojo. That is what's up. Da Vinci, my friend, thank you so very much for your time and conversation. He gave you the list of connects, whether that be instagram.com slash davinci or studiosensei.com. I do encourage you to pursue. And if you would like to support the conversations that we're pursuing on the 5QI podcast, I encourage you to become a patron at patreon.com slash cultureclap. Up next on episode 6, we've got a conversation with Melinda Brianna Epler of Change Catalysts. Looking forward to it, so we'll see you there. And until then, may you please be able to find peace between the frequencies.